Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Dub Nation. Dub Nation. Dub Nation. Many years have passed. Filled with titles. NBA champions. And new faces. The Golden State Warriors select James Weissman. But now, the voice of the Warriors, the voice of the Warriors. invites you to return to your seats. Please take your seats. At the Warriors Roundtable. Bernie Butter. Got it. Welcome back to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7, the game. Here's Tim Roy. What a road trip. All four games going right down to the final moments. All four games could have been had by the Warriors. They could have won all four. They could have lost all four. But I think they figured out a couple of things that they need to do. And I think they're also slowly, surely, quietly becoming one of the league's best defensive teams. There's no doubt about that. They are a good defensive team. Last night during the postgame show, I looked up their defensive rating for the fourth quarter. It was 95.8, which is a very low number in, in today's uh, NBA. What does that mean? Well, if they were playing fourth in their fourth quarter minutes, if you had 100 possessions, they're only giving up 95.8 points. So that's the best in the league right now in the fourth quarter. And that's a real testament to what they've been able to do. And I think we, we kind of lost sight because we got used to watching them play with all the small ball, kind of lost sight of the impact of Kevon Looney and James Wiseman and what they bring to the table. So we lost a little bit of that. I want to talk a little bit about that later on in the show. We'll take your calls at 888-957-9570. It's 888 And... Find out just a little bit of what you think about the, this Warrior team and, and what it will take for them to get on a roll, in your opinion. A couple of things that also want to note, Warriors are back home, always a tough game. You come off a road trip and you play one game at home, then back on the road. It's always one of the tougher games. And maybe it's payback time. The Shower Hornets are in town, 7 o'clock with the tip. 6.30 with a pregame show right here in your home for Golden State Warriors basketball. 95-7 the game. Tom Tober will be alongside tomorrow night, so don't forget about that. And then on Sunday, the Warriors are in L.A. to take on the Lakers. 4.30 with the pregame show. 5 o'clock with the tip. Lakers got spanked last night by Utah. And let me tell you, with each passing day, with each game I watch them, the Jazz remind me a lot of the Warriors. Maybe not in 15, 16 and 16, 17, but maybe because they're, they are coming out, they haven't won, they haven't really been that close to winning a title in a long time. They remind me of the, the 2014-15 Warriors and the way they're playing and how well-synchronized they look and the fact that they're just coming in and teams don't have an answer for them right now. 
do not have an answer for the Utah Jazz. So we'll talk about that. Maybe get your contenders, pretenders. James Wiseman's back. What do you think about the impact that he's having? Brian Wood, who's a friend of Warriors Radio, was crunching some numbers for NBC Sports Bay Area about Wiseman in the per 36-minute category. That's where you average out his numbers if he was playing 36 minutes a night. And they're pretty good. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, he's doing this right now, and he still has a long way to go to really learn about what he's doing. He's giving you this kind of production right now at the age of 19, and he really doesn't know what's going on out there just yet. There are flashes, and there's instinctual moves that he has, and Lord knows he is long, and he is big, and he has got a very good shot for a big man. And again, I'm very excited about this, very excited about watching the progression of James Wiseman. Later on in the show, we'll talk to Kirk Lakeham. He's the executive VP of basketball operations for the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk to him and find out his thoughts on the season so far. Uh, looking ahead to the, the trade deadline, I don't expect the Warriors to be very active in the trade deadline, but we'll talk about you know the comings and goings of certain players maybe around the league in, in uh, recent days and, and also get his thoughts on what's going on in the G League bubble. And we're, we're going to start off in just a moment with the, talking to the head coach of the Indiana Pacers, Nate Bjorkren. Another friend of Warriors Radio. He's been uh, all around basketball. He's been in the the D League, the G League. He's was with the Toronto Raptors when they won the title. Of course, he was the first coach of the Santa Cruz Warriors as he took the job when they were the Dakota Wizards. Came with the team when they moved to Santa Cruz, and we've had, known Nate for a long time. We'll have a nice conversation with Nate Bjorkman in just a moment. But again, I want you to start thinking about. James Wiseman's comeback, your thoughts on the road trip, contenders, pretenders, and just get your thoughts at 888-957-9570 here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. A reminder before we get to our first interview, the Warriors Basketball Academy, which is a great way to give your youngster, boy or girl, a chance to really improve their game. They've reopened their doors to their facility in Oakland, and for a limited time, they're offering a free Physically distanced shoot 360 workout. You can improve your game in the shooting and skill cages by going to gswacademy.com. It's really cool. Go to gswacademy.com. Jeff Adiego is is one of the best in, in this country at running basketball camps, and, and there are a lot of players who have gone to Warriors basketball camp and have excelled and have become much better. In fact, this year, when the Warriors played the Brooklyn Nets, it was the first time they had ever had two Warriors Basketball Academy graduates go head-to-head in Tyler Johnson and Juan Toscano-Anderson. Always fun to talk with coaches to find out how they view their jobs and about the journey that they go on to get to the NBA. And that's where we're going to start tonight. I had a chance to talk earlier this week to the head coach of the Indiana Pacers and the former head coach of the Santa Cruz Warriors, and that is is Nate Bjorkren. Well, Nate, first of all, belated congratulations, and uh, certainly it's well-deserved. You know, have you had a a second? I know everybody's busy. Everybody's grinding a game every other day, it seems like, or there's complications, as in the case with your club. Uh, But... It just, uh, it's, it's, have you sat back and, and said, wow, you know, I, I got to, I got here. I, I really did get here. Well, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of time to, to sit back and, and really think that, uh, this is, uh, 
I tell you what, it is an honor. It is such an honor to be the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. Um, it's an honor of the journey that uh, that I went through. I mean, my first, the, the very first NBA game that I was ever a part of is when I was a, um, the head coach for the Dakota Wizards at the end of the year, I got to sit behind the bench of the Golden State Warriors. So this has been, uh, this entire journey has, has been great. Um, the 23 years that I've been coaching have been great. I've had so many great players to coach and, and uh, you know, excited to keep moving forward. So what has been the biggest surprise, if anything at all? Has there been anything that has surprised you about the job? Well, it just it continues to come at you. You know, there's there's all kinds of challenges, whether it's, of course, the, the challenge in the game of playing a team and the opponents and the coaches and every everybody is, you know, at such a high level, you know, in this league. But just the, the overall challenges every day of, you know, they're, they're good challenges, you know, in practice and managing days off and, and flight schedules and the NBA protocols, you know, all of those things, you know, come with the territory this year, you know, and I was fortunate to work under very good, uh, you know, head coaches in the past. And, and in most recently, Nick Nurse, he gave me a ton of responsibility when I was in Toronto the last two years, a ton of responsibility. So he, he was preparing me for this moment as well. You know, Nate, it's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, we're all of some of the parts that of the people that we've encountered along the way. What, who was the first guy or the first, you know, coach that got you excited about the possibility of being a coach? You know, I had really good coaches growing up. Um, and then obviously my mom and dad, they were, you know, so great to me of getting me involved in Little League and youth basketball and sending me to basketball camps. But I had a really good high school coach. His name was Mark Hutchison. You know, played on a good high school team and had a lot of fun. And I had good college coaches. You know, my college coach's name was Brian Van Haften. He's still coaching, you know, today. So I learned I learned a lot about how I would want to treat athletes that I coached and kind of ways that I would approach things, but just the overall love of the game. Um, you know, I always I did. I just had great coaches growing up. You know, it's, when you look back at your uh, your journey, and let's let's go say when I first met you, you were a head coach of the Dakota Wizards, and you're in the the, uh, the what was then the D League, now the G League. Uh, so, so, you know, how excited were you to get that job, to get the head coaching job in in the D League? I'll never forget it. You know, we uh, I'd been an assistant coach in the D League for four years. You know, the first year I was a volunteer assistant, and then the second year I made like a thousand dollars you know so it was it was uh you know i was with coach nurse there with the iowa energy and then we'd i'd had some interviews some like phone interviews but then when we won the title together uh for the iowa energy then the interviews started to get more serious and and larry wright golden state warriors bob myers was there kirk lake of travis schlank and coach mark jackson was the head coach and and they gave me an opportunity uh, and offered me the job, and and I remember once I got that job offer, then I had another D League head coaching job offer. But I, I said to the other team, I said, the Golden State Warriors came at me first and gave me my first opportunity, and this other team was offering me more money, and I said no. I said I'm gonna go with the guys that gave me my first shot, and it was such an honor to coach the Dakota Wizards, and then and then when the organization moved us to Santa Cruz, I mean it was it was great. I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, well, if you're in the the G League, Santa Cruz is not a bad place to be. 
You know what? And I stood on that empty parking lot, Kirk Lacob and I, we stood there before that, uh, you know, that they called it then a temporary arena was even built. And I'll never forget, we, uh, uh, the arena wasn't quite ready, so we started on the road. We had, our, we had a training camp at UC Santa Barbara and at local high schools, and then we started our first seven games on the road. And I'll never forget that first game, you know, coming back, uh, our first home game in Santa Cruz, because they, they were saying, hey, man, it'd be really nice to win this one. They were kind of, you know, putting the pressure <laughs> on me there a little bit to, to win that first game so they could get a bunch of fans there in the stands. And sure enough, the place was packed, and I think it's probably been packed ever since that the Golden State Warriors organization has done a great job with Santa Cruz. Nate Bjorken, our guest here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. And you know what struck me when you got the, the job was that a lot of coaches, when they get their first NBA head coaching job, they're thrust into a rebuilding situation. That's why they're looking mm-hmm. for a new head coach. But you uh, kind of got a team there that you've got some, some talent there, and that's a, that's a team that's pretty well put together. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, organ- uh, the Pacers organization has done a great job. It's you know, you hear sometimes coaches when they go in, they say we got to change some things, like changing the culture or that. I mean, I didn't. That this organization was outstanding before I got here, and the coaches before me were great. So it's not that I had to come in here and change personalities or culture or characteristics. It was, you know, obviously I'm going to coach different than than another coach would. So my my changes were more of here's what we're going to do on offense and here's what we're going to do on defense. And and to your point, I do. I, I have a, a great team here to work with. DeMontis Sabonis, I have to ask you about him because I love watching him play. Obviously, he has good genes. He was taught very well. It, does he kind of remind us all that, that fundamentals are still a very important part of this? Absolutely. Fundamentals are a huge part of it. And uh, he's... Uh, he plays with great physicality. He's a great screener. Uh, he is a very good trigger man, meaning like he wants he wants the team do well. I mean, he's he's get his his career high number of assists, and he he wants to make the right play, the right pass at the right time. His teammates love playing with him, so it's not just his scoring, but it's his the way that he can move the ball and handle the ball and pass the ball that his teammates and, and I, we love him for it. Just a couple more questions, Coach, and, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Justin Holiday. What a great kid, part of the 2015 Championship Warriors squad, and now you got a couple of guys there on the roster with that same last name. And, and t- talk about Justin and, and, and his journey and, and, and what's it like to coach him. Yep, and I've known Justin for a long time. I mean, he was in the he was in the D League a long time ago with me, and I've always uh, really respected his game and admired his game and admired, you know, how much he's traveled around and the teams he's been on. And, and like you said, he has a ring with the Golden State Warriors, and now he's thrust into a, a different role this year as well, where he's starting every night. I mean, without uh, you know Victor Orladipo and Karis Levert and. TJ Warren, you know, it's uh, he's he's been in the mix so much more, and he's playing at a very high level, and and uh, I love him out there. Final question for you: You know, not only do you get an NBA head coaching job, but you get it in in a state that understands, loves, and cherishes the game. What has that been like? It's been great. The the fans of Indiana, just like you said, the. The high school basketball here, college basketball, professional basketball, 
it's very, very important. The fans are very passionate, very knowledgeable. I know they're only they're they're not letting that many in on our home games right now, but you know, pretty soon when when we can fill these arenas again, you know, what a great place that this already is and, and what it will continue to be. Well coach, I can't wait to, to get a chance to to give you a handshake and a congratulation in, in person and we'll have to do it next year. But uh, after the uh, the uh, the game, I guess we'll we'll see you on the floor tomorrow from afar here in in the Bay Area. And it's always great to catch up with you. And, and again, congratulations on the job. And thank you for everything. You guys have have been great with me over the years, and from my time in Dakota and Santa Cruz, and and every day since. I, I really mean it. It's a it's a great organization that you're a part of, and and I appreciate uh, I appreciate this phone call today. Nate Bjorker, the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. I'm Tim Roy, and this is the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on our flagship station, 95.7 The Game. And I want to talk to you, 888 You can hit me up on Twitter at Warriors Vox. Your questions about the Warriors and the NBA. What do you think the impact of getting James Wiseman back for the Warriors will be? And what do you think about this road trip the Warriors had? Very Interesting road trip. Uh, a couple of nights the Warriors would like to have back, and a couple of nights that they were pretty happy the way things turned out. It was it was a kind of a symbol for the season. Let's talk about it here on the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. You're home for Golden State Warriors basketball. Each and every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table. If everybody would please take your seats. The Warriors Roundtable. The table has returned on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors Box. A look away three. Oh my goodness. That's ridiculous. You've got to be kidding me. Tim Roy. 888-957-9570. That's the number to dial up and we can talk with you about the Warriors of the NBA. A quick reminder... Dub Nation, you can uh, go to Warriors Shop today to get a Black History Month t-shirt. A portion of the proceeds go to the Warriors Community Foundation annual grant program. And this program proudly partners with local organizations that serve, support, and uplift the black community in the Bay Area. Shop now at shop.warriors.com. It's a fanatics experience. And uh, don't forget, later on in the show, we'll look ahead to the next couple of ball games. Plus, we'll take a look at the scoreboard. Sixers, 44 shots, 11 more than Dallas. The Mavericks have 10 turnovers. Simmons against Doncic. Ben Simmons mishandles the dribble, backing down with the left hand, spins on Luka. In the lane, reverse slam, up and good. Ben Simmons going right at Luka, and it's good, and he's going to the line. What a play by Benny. A pirouette in the paint, and he flips it in reverse, going right to left. That's Tom McGinnis of the Sixers Radio Network, Philadelphia, right now leading Dallas in their game. More of that a little bit later on. Let's go to the line one right now. Let's go to Rich. He's in Fremont, and he joins us on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Hey, Rich. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, to your point, you're asking, you know, what I thought about the road trip. And, you know, I thought it was a success. I mean, if you can get, you know, two out of four, that's 50%. So, um, but, you know, the one thing that I saw is, you know, the you know, reactive of, of Wiseman and Looney definitely helped. Um, it, it, it brings more depth and also more options for the offense. And I think that's what we saw in the last two games. Um, 
you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I have a podcast that I, you know, basically author on, on Monday nights, and my counterpart, Matt Wise, was telling me, he said that, you know, with this team, he said, I'll give it two months. He said, and this team will start to gel. And you know what? We're almost into that. We're almost into that second month of, of where they've gone past 30 games, and they're being competitive, even down this stretch. Now, I know they lost first two, but those two were close. So that means what? It means they're competing. And if they continue this, you know, you got to tip your hat to Steve Kerr. You know, he's going to get the, the coaching accolade that he really needs because when he had all the all-stars, everybody said, well, you know, he's got all these great players. But this isn't the case. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it was very successful. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think it was successful. I think that there's a, a couple of things that we, you can look at on this trip, is, and that is, you know, without their bigs, and especially in Charlotte, without Steph and the bigs, then, you know, just to be in that game was an accomplishment. Now, your thoughts on gelling. I've said this all year. I think this team will be better at the end of March than they are now, and I still will hold to that. And I think you have to also recognize the schedule, too, and and that is, and what I'm saying is that after tomorrow night, the Warriors play Charlotte, and we know it's a dangerous team. Lamella Ball is starting to figure out the NBA. They've got three point shooters all over the floor. Then the Warriors will go down and play the Lakers, Phoenix, Portland, all on the road. That's that's a tough little run. Then they open the second half at the Clippers, home for Utah, home for the Lakers. So the next six games after tomorrow night are going to be really tough, and we'll talk to Kirk Lake about that a little bit later on. But your point about Wiseman is really interesting because I think Wiseman, especially the second unit, is going to give them an offensive option. And he's getting you double figures, and it really hasn't figured it out yet. And so uh, I think we'll still you know, look at, it, at his offensive production starting the second and fourth quarter. I think is going to help that group not have the kind of situations that they've been experiencing lately where they don't get it going and they, they kick back a 10-point lead. And I think that having that presence and, and that ability to go to him and get something is going to help them. Now, from the text line, let's go to there. And uh, will Wiseman return from the 5-1-0, by the way? Will Wiseman return to the starting lineup, or is his current role where it is? I think for right now, I think he's going to stay in the current role. Looney's really good for the starting group because he's a great screener. He get he helps Draymond set the tone defensively because you can switch with Looney and guard a guard and and know that you're in capable hands there. You know, the, the Looney is is really good at that and he's had lots of experience doing that. And so I think I think that's where he's going to stay, and I think Wiseman will stay coming off the bench for right now. But make no mistake about this. James Wiseman is the starting center for the Warriors of the future, and he's going to be in that role for, I think, a long time. He's their starting center of the future. Will checks in on Twitter, at Warriors Vox. Should the Warriors be interested in players who got cut or waived, like Quinn Cook or DeMarcus Cousins? No for DeMarcus. The Warriors did that. They understand that. And I don't think you want to bring in a guy who's going to take away minutes from Wiseman. I mean, if the Warriors are going to, going to get back to an elite level and get to that championship level, Wiseman's got to be a big part of that. And so his acceleration has to be there. 
So there's so no odd that. Quinn Cook, great guy. He can shoot the ball a little bit. He, he's a, an NBA player. There's no doubt about that. And, but I, I don't know, you know, maybe possibly if you would have a, an injury or if, if, uh, if you uh, decide that another player doesn't fit in. But I don't know, you know, where he would come in now and, and, and take the place of someone and, and give it a, a tremendous upgrade. He's a good player, but I think they have players, you know, like Quinn Cook on their roster right now. And I don't know if you guys have seen any of the G League games, but uh, I tell you what, today, I, the, what I saw, and I didn't finish watching it, but Nico Mannion looked as comfortable as I've seen him so far in the, today's game. So let's go to the 408 on the text line. What do you think? And you're listening to the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, by the way. I'm Tim Roy, Warriors and uh, Charlotte tomorrow night, uh, 630 with a pregame show. Uh, what do you think can be done to help the second unit generate more easy offense? And I think, you know, right there, I think we were, we were talking about that. I think having Wiseman with that second unit is going to help. Now, earlier today, in fact, about an hour or so ago, if you didn't hear, uh, the head coach Steve Kerr is on for his weekly chat with the guys in the afternoon. And uh, he was right here on our flagship station, 95.7 The Game. And he was talking a little bit about James Wiseman. And I wanted to play that for you right now before we talk to Kirk Lacob, the executive VP of basketball operations. Let's hear uh, uh, head coach Steve Kerr talking about James Wiseman and talking a, a little bit about the impact of Wiseman coming back to the Warriors. No, you should be excited. You should be excited. He is going to score at a big level when he's ready to play 30, 35 minutes. And, you know, last night I think he fouled out in 18 minutes. So, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's not ready yet for a heavy minutes load for a number of reasons. But the, the number one reason is he's 19 and he's just a kid. But he's so mature. He's so poised. He's, he's learning daily. And he's so gifted that, yes, when he's developed, whenever that is, I don't even want to put a timetable on it. When this thing comes to fruition, it's going to be exciting. No doubt about that, and I think, uh, you know, it, you hear Steve talk about that. It's really, and again, it goes back to what I was saying before. Um, you know, he is really uh, going to mature into an NBA player. He's going to mature into a really good center for a long time, and I think people are going to love having uh, James Wiseman as the Warriors' starting center, and, and this is a franchise that has not had a lot of great starting centers over the years. I mean, you have to go back to when, you know, their glory years at the center spot were in the 60s. Will Chamberlain and then Nate Thurman, and Nate until the early to mid-70s. And then Clifford Ray, who was a great role player as a center, you know, working alongside George Johnson in the, the 74-75 championship squad. So, you know, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a huge upgrade, you know, for the Warriors in, at, the, at the five spot. Kirk Lacob. Is joining us now. He's the executive VP of basketball operations, and uh, Kirk, we're talking a little bit about James Wiseman, and you know the I, I'm I don't mean this in a in a, uh, in a in a way that that people should take it wrong, but but to me, what, what I see right there is that he's he's giving you double digit points and a few rebounds and maybe a block or so a game, and he really really doesn't know exactly what he's doing out there. I mean, he's still got so much to learn, and his body will fill out a little bit bigger. Uh, he's got the shot. He's got the length and the, the skill. I mean, it's a very exciting thing to watch. Yeah, Tim, um, I, I totally agree. It's uh, He's 
for for a 19 year old who had a very truncated freshman season, um, you know, and only played three games, and then you know, not not only that, all all the rookies this year who are coming in and playing minutes on teams, it's incredibly impressive. They had no summer league. They had very little training camp. And James' uh, situation, he really didn't have any training camp at all. Um, it's it's really exciting uh, because it's we, we forget about this uh, as fans. Uh, but to be 19 years old, 20 years old, whatever, and, and be playing in an NBA game and, and doing really anything at all is really spectacular. Um, and we're, we're really excited. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I heard you listing how long it's been. Um, you know, for the Warriors, I, I remember growing up uh, and the list of, of centers the Warriors kept going after, trying to find, you know, the, the next great big man since Wilt. Um, and, of course, I wasn't alive then, so I never got to see it. Or the next great break since, since Big Nate. Um, and, and, look, while I've been here, we've had some, some really good players. Uh, Andres Biedrin's had some, some really good years. Andrew Bogut was absolutely fantastic for us. Um, but, you know, I, I think even those guys would admit James is a little bit of a different animal. Um, He's, he's a pretty remarkable athlete, and, and we're really excited about him. You know, I, I have to apologize. First and foremost, let, let me ask, how, how is your uh, young family doing, and how's everybody at home? Uh, we're, we're doing just great. Um, you know, learning, uh, this has been such, a, such an interesting time uh, to, have, to have kids. Uh, I obviously don't know what it's like to have kids when it's not a pandemic, um, but this is in some ways a blessing uh, for me because I've gotten to spend so much time with them um, when, when they are so young. Um, you know, time I, I hope that I would have gotten to spend with them uh, regardless. But if we're being honest, it probably would have been tough with the NBA schedule and travel. Um, so we're having a great time. Um, I, I will tell you, I'm looking forward to the team being back home. Um, it is very, very lonely for me when the team is out of town. Um, I, I'm basically working from home the whole time. Yeah, it's it's a weird year, isn't it? You know, it's weird for me not to to be at a practice or to be you know on the floor talking to people before a game. It's everybody's got the their own little unique experience and all this. But it's it you know first and foremost, it's just great to have games and to broadcast games and to do all that. What 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 is the, the your role with the organization now as opposed to you know as you work your way up the ladder? Uh, in the front office, executive VP of basketball operations. What does that entail? Well, in some ways, Tim, it's uh, it's the same as it's always been, and, and in other ways, it's completely different. Um, you know, I have been. Well, I guess the biggest difference now um, is I used to travel a ton. Um, I used to be on the road twenty plus days a month, um, and even even before the pandemic, I, I really have have slowed that pace. It's there's just so much else going on. I have so many other duties. It's hard to do that. Um, I think that I, I will say this, you know, even though my role has changed, the thing that's really changed is just where the team is at and, and the other people who work here. Um, that uh, I think for my first year, this is my 11th season now, for my first year that there's really only a couple people left. Um, and, and frankly, even in the last five, six years, we've had a lot of people uh, leave for, you know, great opportunities. Um, but uh, from, from my standpoint, I mean, I over the last, I would say, five years, taken on a much bigger role in terms of managing, you know, the staff, helping Bob do that, um, you know, figuring out who we want to bring in to round out our staff, um, overseeing our budget um, and our analytics department. Um, for years, I've, I've kind of overseen gently the, the minor league team, uh, G League team. I, I always call it minor league because I always want to say D League. Um, that's, that's where I was when it started. Uh, but, yeah, I'm kind of – 
honestly, it's it's whatever Bob needs help with. Um, Bob is a, a great, great boss. Um, he really believes in empowering people, having them do what they're best at. And so Bob and I have a, a really good relationship, and, and we're able to look at each other and say, I do this well, you do that well, let's split it up. Um, so it's, it's frankly whatever needs to be done um, and, and whatever my skill set uh, can help with, that, that's what I do. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, we, we always say, like, our goal is to figure out a way to win, not for one of us to look better or something like that. Um, so it, it's really wherever holes need to be plugged, I'm there. Earlier this hour on the Warriors Roundtable, uh, Kirk, I was talking with Nate Bjorkren, the head coach of the Indiana Pacers, and he was telling the story about how uh, the two of you were standing in the parking lot at San Jose trying to imagine what the building would look like <laughs> so, before you guys got that got that built and got it done. It's a great story and and um, and really a, a very nice you know, success story for the G League and, and for the Warriors. And uh, I guess, you know, have you had a chance to check in on the guys in the bubble, and, and what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, well, first of all, I'm glad you had Nate on. Um, I, I really I, – this is what I miss about being able to travel. Um, I got to see him very briefly when we played Indiana at home. Um, and I don't know if Nate told you the story of how we met um, or, or actually how we ended up hiring him. I had to uh, – I was supposed to be in an interview with him um, and a couple of the rest of the people on our staff and my flight got delayed. And so by the time I landed, his interview was over and I started driving home and he texted me and said, Hey, if you want to talk to me, I'm actually at the airport. So I turned around and went back to the airport and actually interviewed him. And we ended up speaking. He was almost late for his flight speaking for about 45 minutes at the airport. And, and lo and behold, you know, we hired him and he was great for a few years. And I've kept in touch over the years um, as he's just worked his way up. But um Quick, quick aside about that. So I hope he's doing well. I hope you had a good conversation with him. Um, Nate, Nate's a great guy, and I'm really proud of him and happy for him and his family. Um, as far as the bubble, uh, man, I wish I could be there. I wish I could go. Uh, that is just pure basketball. Um, I've been in touch every day with, with our group there. Obviously, Ryan Atkinson, the GM of Santa Cruz, Chris Weems, our head coach, um, David Fatoki, who's, who's been out there the whole time, who works for our front office. My brother Kent was out there for a week, Nikki Wren, and, and I know both my dad, Joe, and, and Bob are out there now. Um, it looks like it's a really fun environment. Um, it's like an extension of what the G League showcases every year, um, which is almost like its own mini bubble. Uh, but I think we're getting a ton out of it. The team is playing really well, coming together. So happy to see Nico back on the court today. Thought he played a great floor game. Um, been great to see Jordan uh, get tons of minutes and, and find his rhythm. Um, and, you know, be the offensive force that we thought he could be. And, you know, working Allen up, um, you know, his, his minutes, and I think he's, he's going to have a real breakout here. He's showing flashes of, of the things we've seen. Uh, but I also think that the young players, well, some of them are not, you know, rookies, but some of the players we have in the G League I think have done a fantastic job. And I, I don't want to miss anyone, but uh, Axel Tupon's had a great stretch. Dusty Hannah's um, and, and Caleb West, I thought, have all played really terrific. And, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Jeremy Lin back out there. I thought he played really well our first few games. Um, can't wait to see him back out there. But I, I think it's been a phenomenal experience for them in just a weird, weird year. Yeah, it, you know, it is a weird year, and I think it's it's great, you know, for Jordan Poole to get those minutes and uh, you know minutes that he wouldn't get with Golden State right now. So. Give me your overview on on the Golden State Warriors right now, and what do you see? I I really like the position the Warriors are in heading forward from here, whether it be the rest of the season or into next year. What what are your thoughts? 
Well, we're we're happy with how the team is progressing. Um, I would say I'm 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 really happy to see that the first week of the year was really rough. I think we were still dealing with the fallout of Clay's injury and um, not having Draymond or, or James in training camp, um, and just generally a lot of players getting used to each other and, and learning our system. Uh, but I, I'm really happy to see the way the team has come together. Um, it's it's great to see. Uh, I think some players have really stepped up lately. Uh, Kelly Oubre has been really playing fantastic making good decisions, playing hard. Um, Andrew Wiggins has been really consistent all season. I'm so happy to see Kevon Looney back. Uh, I thought Kent Bazemore's had a terrific stretch here lately. So I think, you know, what we love to see is that this team is starting to feel like a team. They're starting to figure out how to play together, how to get to their spots. Obviously, you know, our offense completely uh, revolves around Steph, and he's absolutely incredible, a joy to watch. We, we talk about this, and I bring it up after pretty much every game the next morning, I say, you know, we are so lucky to get to watch him every single day. Um, you know, and I know Steve says this uh, pretty frequently as well, but we are all so fortunate to get to watch Steph play. And he's just such an incredible leader. The things that, you know, fans don't get to see right now off the court, uh, the way he, he really leads is, is incredible. But I, I think, you know, we're, we're in a really interesting position. Um, we still feel like a young team a somewhat inexperienced team, a team, you know, that's growing. Um, and yet we've won some games and, and we beat some good teams, uh, but we know we have a long way to go. We need, we know we need to be more consistent. Um, we've certainly surpassed expectations defensively, uh, but Steve said it great the other day. We, we still expect more. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, finding by the end of the year, what are the right groups of players to play together? Um, how can we maximize this roster? We, we still have a few players who haven't had their breakout yet, and we know it's on us. To, to put them in a position to succeed. And, and knowing these guys, we did a lot of work on them in either the free agency or draft. Um, we, we think we can figure out a way to get the best out of them. Um, and, and it's just on us to do that. Uh, but it's, it, it has been a weird season, but it's been um, enlightening, um, and we've enjoyed it. It's a fun team to root for. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to, to kind of the second half of the year seeing this team really come together. You know, it's interesting you said that because, I, I again, I've been saying this all year. I think we're going to be better at the end of March than we are now. I think the Warriors will, will come together a little bit, and I think Wiseman's progression will have a lot uh, to do with that. So so let me uh, let me ask you this, and, and uh, going back to the five-year run, what, what moment, if there's a moment that sticks out for you, what would it be? Uh, well, it's funny. Someone was just – texting me about this earlier today so i'm I'm, it's fresh on my mind but uh the game six win uh in oklahoma city game six clay um was was one of the most fun basketball games i've I've been to so many basketball games in my life um thousands upon thousands at every level um and i i I really do just enjoy watching basketball i mean i i could sit and watch a bunch of seven-year-olds play and kind of break it down and really enjoy it um i i could watch you know, a rec league game. Um, and unfortunately I have, and some of them are really bad and I can enjoy it and break down the game and, and enjoy, you know, that level of basketball. But I, I don't think I've ever been as into a game as I was that, that game six game against Oklahoma city there. Um, I am extremely flatlined during games. Um, and over the years we've, we've joked about it, but uh, my dad really hates it. Um, he's, he's very emotional uh, in games always has been. Um, and, and maybe that's why I developed kind of the polar opposite, uh, for a little while. I think it bothered Bob. Um, and, and frankly, 
uh, Jerry West and I used to sit together every game, um, and I knew it ticked him off because he, he's like my dad. He's very emotional oh, yeah. in games. And I used to sit with Jerry, and I, I loved the back and forth, and he would tap me on the shoulder, and he'd yell things, and he'd say, what what the hell is wrong with you? Why, why don't, and I'm like, it's, Jerry, it's fine. They're on a run. We're going to start hitting shots. He goes, no, we we got to start making shots now. we got to play better defense now. And we used to love that back and forth. Um, so I, I really miss getting to watch games with especially Jerry, but but people who have different, you know, kind of ways of watching than I do. But that game, I was I was hooked. And uh, I could tell Bob was really nervous. He was reading the newspaper during timeouts, or maybe it was a book. I, I actually can't remember, um, which, which he does when he's kind of, you know, a little anxiety ridden. And I was kind of sitting there. My, my feet were moving. I, I got a little bit of rest legs. I was excited. And Bob and Travis at one point actually turned to me and said, are you enjoying this game? Like, are you, are you nervous about this game? I was like, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm not nervous. I'm like really enjoying this. Um, but it was so much fun. And, and the reason I, it was brought up today is uh, because Clay came back and after the game in the hallway, and I think my dad like bowed down to him and I gave him a big high five. And then my brother had his hand up and Clay walked right by and it became a little bit of an internet meme and we enjoyed it. Um, but that, that game to me, that moment really stood out. Um, it was just, basketball at its purest um there was just so much adrenaline um i mean i I really get excited talking about that game to this day and i get excited remembering that game that was just a great game kirk always a pleasure to talk some basketball with you we i wish we could do it more but uh, hopefully we'll be able to do it a lot next year uh thank you for joining us take care of that that great young family of yours and and uh hopefully we'll uh give us a wave up in the broadcast booth one of these nights and we'll we'll wave <laughs> thank, back thanks tim and and can i just say, right. i i really miss getting to see you um at, at games it's you're one of my favorite people to talk basketball with um and it's it really sucks to not get to see you on a on a regular basis like you said uh having you in for practice, um, it, it's always a lot of fun. So I really hope to get to see you again soon, but I'll make sure to give you a wave during next game. Okay. All right, Kirk. Thank you. Kirk Leg of the Executive Vice President of, of Basketball Operations for the Golden State Warriors. I'm overdue for a timeout. We need a timeout. We can't do the 22nd timeout. We, they're no longer in existence. We have to take a full timeout here on the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. You're home for Golden State Warriors basketball. Is holding court. Pun intended. Join me in my court at Camelot. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7. The game. Now back to Warriors Box. It's good! Tim Roy. Hey, the Warriors are teaming up with Kaiser Permanente and the Athletes Corner to turn points into meals with swishes for dishes. For each point the Warriors score this year, 100 meals will be donated to local food banks to support Bay Area families. Go to warriors.com slash swish to learn more. In fact, on Monday, they had a pop-up food pantry in Thrive City handing out meals to more than 300 households that have been significantly impacted by the pandemic. So it's it's pretty cool. It's a great uh, cause. We appreciate the partners of the Athletes Corner and Kaiser Permanente for helping us out with that, and it is just good stuff. Let's get to the Kaiser Permanente scoreboard. We do have a final 
in the association tonight. Top and angling right. Fake the gift to Nilekina. Backs down Jeffries. Into the paint. Top and spins. Was deflected. Got it back. Goes right. Hook shot. No good. Slam down on the follow by Taj Gibson. And the Knicks up by 10. It's their largest lead of the night. And the offensive glass is open quite a bit against the Kings. Knicks leading uh, Sacramento with 130 to go. 136-113. to The New York is 15-17 and coming into the contest. Sacramento got to 500 about two weeks ago, but it's been downhill since they are 12 and 19. The final in the association involved the Brooklyn Nets. Nets with the ball up 13. They've trailed by as much as 10. Irving working left of the lane. A lob for Jordan who just guides it in with the right hand. Great touch on that pass by Kyrie Irving and Jordan finally saw a play go down. 129 to 92. Brooklyn rolling over the Orlando Magic thanks to a 41 point second quarter. Nets are 22 and 12. Magic go to 13 and 20. Nick Vucevic with 28 points and 12 rebounds for Orlando. Kyrie Irving, 27 points and 9 assists for Brooklyn. Actually, now, just a moment ago, we have two finals in the association. Philadelphia was taking on Dallas. Sixers, 44 shots, 11 more than Dallas. The Mavericks have 10 turnovers. Simmons against Doncic. Ben Simmons mishandles the dribble, backing down with the left hand, spins on Luka. Into the lane, reverse layup, up and good. Ben Simmons going right at Luka, and it's good, and he's going to the line. What a play by Benny. A pirouette in the paint, and he flips in the reverse, going right to left. Uh, it's time to get us on the uh, Sixers radio network. Philadelphia with a 111-97 win over Dallas. Sixers are 22-11. and 11. Uh, Dallas goes to 15-16. and uh, 16. Joel Embiid, 23 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Luka Doncic had 19 for the Mavs in a losing effort. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're in the bonus with about nine minutes to go. Actually, they got in the bonus with over ten minutes to go in the game. They're taking on the Grizzlies in the first half. John Morant was flying high. Paul George, Euro steps into the lane, kicks left corner for Morris. Morris pump fakes. Grayson Allen flew by, recovered. Maybe got a piece of that. Rebound on the miss, grabbed by the Grizzlies. Allen lobs, Morant finishes. Alley-oop in transition. Oh, what a play. Grayson Allen lobbing it up for John Morant, and he flushes it home. Six for Morant. Grayson Allen gets the assist. Timeout, Clippers. 95-83 with 8.39 to go in that contest right now. And the Washington Wizards in Denver, it's 44-32. to Washington has the lead. Wizards playing well of late. They're 11-18 and now. Nuggets are 17-14 and on the season. They're underway in Milwaukee where the New Orleans Pelicans and the Milwaukee Bucks are tied at 10. They have 8.18 to go in the first quarter of play. Let's check out the upcoming uh, checklist. Let's start that again, shall we? Uh, since we really like to speak in the English language and not uh, maybe some pig Latin, let's uh, look ahead to the upcoming uh, schedule. And, of course, first things first, we'll see the uh, Charlotte Hornets coming your way, and that is tomorrow night. 6.30 with the pregame show, 7 o'clock with the tip, LaMelo Ball in town. Ball one assist away from the triple-double. Feeds P.J. Washington, goes up with a fadeaway. It is good. Cut it for P.J. Washington, and I believe should be a triple-double. Waiting for it to become official. Wraparound lane is no good. A foul is called, but there it is. A triple-double for LaMelo Ball. He is the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double. 
How about it? How about that, indeed? 6.30 with the airtime, 7 o'clock with the tip. So you have the number two pick, James Wiseman, the number three pick, LaBello Ball, Warriors and Charlotte tomorrow night. And then on Sunday, the Warriors will go on the road in Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. LeBron back in section in. Here comes the double team. Fall away. Good again! LeBron has 46 when he hits a fall away two-pointer from the right-hand side. And, Michael, this is as good of a performance by LeBron as a Laker as we've seen yet. 19 of 26 from the field, 7 of 11 from three. Yeah, LeBron, is, that, was, that last shot was just ridiculous. And that is the Lakers Radio Network. 4.30 the airtime, 5 o'clock with the tip. Warriors and Lakers on Sunday afternoon. Then Tuesday is our next Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Bobby Spang always at the controls of the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. We thank him and producer R.C. Davis. Keep it right here on 95.7 The Game because the final word is coming your way. And the guys will be talking a little bit about the Warriors tonight and comments from head coach Steve Kerr's conversation heard earlier in in the day right here. I, Tim Roy, thanks for listening to the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Talk to you tomorrow night when the Warriors take on the Charlotte Hornets right here on your home for Golden State Warriors basketball. 95-7, the game.